Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Our theme for 2021, I was trying to make sure this wasn't 2020 because it was kind of the opposite for 2020, uh, but our theme for 2021 is better together because in 2020 we weren't that much together. And so we thought we'll, we'll come together, we'll combine together and um, I know it's holidays so we can relax and, and there's people away and there's all sorts of things going on, but it's a, a good time to remind us that we are actually better together. Romans 15.6 says that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That together you may with one voice glorify him. Together we are more powerful. When we are a collective group, we have a lot more in common than not we have a lot more going for us than against us. We, we often need each other more than we think. And even though we have all sorts of differences, we have a lot more in common. We have a lot more momentum when we are together. It's often said in leadership circles that momentum is a really, really good thing when you've got it going for you. But when you've got it going against you, it is a terrible force. And that's true of us individually as well. When things are going bad, often they look worse than they actually are. When things are going good, sometimes we think it's going to be like that forever and we make some, maybe some silly decisions because we're thinking everything's okay now. Once we've gone through a few cycles of the ups and downs of life, we realise that there is a way of living where we are not... Um, battered from pillar to post by the way we feel, but by truth. Truth is our anchor. And all of us in this room today, we have this in common. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that he is coming again and that he reigns on high and that he ordains everything. And so by us just believing in that, we are knitted together and we have an authority together that when we are separated, we don't have. And it's important that we remember that we actually do have an enemy. I know we don't like focusing on this and sometimes we, we might even overemphasize that we have an enemy and sometimes we might even put things in his bucket that were actually just bad decisions of ours. Ever done that before? Made a shocking decision and you blame Satan. And so he gets a whole lot of things that weren't even his. But sometimes he does things that we don't even recognize. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Stay alert. Watch out. For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It is much easier to devour someone when they're on their own. There are a lot of people I've found 11 years in, in ministry now. We've, we've been in full-time ministry, another you know, 10 years before that and all sorts of other roles. But there's one 
fascinating thing that I have found over the years of, of meeting a lot of people. Um, there's, there's oftentimes uh, there'll be someone who comes into our life or we meet somewhere and, and some journey and they're spiritually hungry people. They, they know the Word of God, read the Word of God, and maybe been in church, you know, in and out of church all of their life, but they've never been able to find the right church that they fit in. And so they wander from church to church to church with all sorts of lofty opinions about this and that and theology and how it should be done. And I have got to the position and I've got enough gray hair that I can finally say to people like that, why don't you go run your own? Because very quickly you'll find that it's not as easy as you think and you haven't got everything worked out. And so it's, it's one of these things that sometimes when I come across these people, and there's no one here like that because they're not here. <laughs> but, and I don't mean that to mock anyone. I'm just saying it's funny in life uh, the, when we listen to ourselves, how we actually sound. And, and oftentimes I look and, and I see some of these people, they're the most disillusioned, disenfranchised people because they know everything, but they connect with no one. And they can't connect in a body healthily like this because they find problems with a body like this. With you and me, of course we're going to find problems. I can list all the problems out, like the Ten Commandments if you want. But of course we've got problems. Of course we don't stack up to perfection. And there'll always be weaknesses. There'll always, because we're human and we're sinful and we, we get things wrong and I say things wrong. And, and there's all sorts of things that are going to... But when we know the grace of God, then we can have grace for people. When we know that we have been saved of our sinfulness, of our rottenness, of our, you know, all the wrongdoings of ourselves, when we know the grace of God, we can extend grace and we can look past the issues of other people. And we can actually say, wow, okay, this is a body I can connect with. And now not everyone's got different flavor and, and that's, that's a good thing. But we've got to recognize that the enemy wants to pick us off and make us disenfranchised with each other. He wants us to be splintered. He wants us to find problems with ourselves. He wants us to find problems with every church that we go to, not realizing all the while he's diluting the power and the authority that we actually carry. Because it fascinates me, some of these people that I've met over the years, they, they know Scripture so well. And they really are powerful people. They're, they're leaders. That's why they're frustrated all the time. But they refuse to connect into a body. And so they're always swirling around the periphery and they lose their authority. They lose their authority, even though they are powerful, powerful people, probably called by God. But because of issues of life, because they don't know the grace of God to give grace to other people, they'll always find wrong, not right. And so watch out for people like that, because there are people like that who will pick off other people. See, it's not always Satan himself that will come into your bedroom and try and pick you off. Oftentimes, he'll use other people. Watch who you listen to. If you listen to someone who's high and lofty and spiritual, but they do not worship in a body of Christ, do not listen to them. I know that's a harsh word, but you've got to look at the fruit of their life. Why can they not blend into a good, healthy church? There's a reason for it. There's a reason for it. And it's because in their life, they may not know the grace of the Father, the forgiveness that has washed them clean so they can then extend it to other people. And 
it's quite an enlightening thing when we actually look at people. Do you know what I mean? When we were in Germany, I know it's something that Karen and I initially, as, you know, typical Aussies, we found a little confronting um, that they actually really looked at us, didn't they? Re I mean, really looked at us, stared into our eyes and looked at us. And, uh, and you know, we sort of look away and, and, and it was a little bit um, daunting, confronting. And they did that to really see who we are. And I want to encourage you, look at people. See who they really are. Because sometimes the enemy will use other people to be the roaring lion. He doesn't actually send the roaring lion. He might send some really, really flattering, beautiful people who try and just sweetly manipulate you with sweet words with loving words even, oh, you know, oh, you know, oh that's, a, that's a great place, but this, this, and this. Whenever you know there's that but this, this, and this, you know that it's contorted language and it's not straight. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's, o it's okay. It's okay if someone doesn't like the way we do things. I'm actually okay with that. No one has to come. They don't have to come. It's okay. We don't manipulate anyone, anyone. But what we do do is we let our yes be yes and our no be no. And therefore, we have clarity. And with clarity, we can have unity. You can't have unity with smokes and mirrors. It needs to be clear. It needs to be clear. And so we've got to know. The Bible says stay alert. And more often than not, just like God the Father will use you and me as in humans to release his purposes. Not always, but more often than not, he chooses to use us to release the kingdom. Otherwise, he would just send a kingdom nuclear bomb on earth sovereignly and just release it. But he doesn't. He chooses you and me, broken, fragmented vessels, called by his name, gifted and talented by him and in the power of his spirit. Just like the father does that, the enemy does that too. You see, he's a deceiver and he's a copycat. He copies anything authentic and he makes it nearly similar, you know, nearly as good. And so what he does is even though we read about a roaring lion and we might think there's demonic forces that will just jump on, jump on us or jump on things or situations or cities. No, he uses people. He uses people. And, and when we give way by doubt and fear and criticism and unforgiveness and judgments and hurt and jealousy, all the things that the Bible lists off in Galatians and other passages, we read about what happens there is we give way to the enemy. And it might start with not a roaring lion, but just a little squeaking cub, <laughs> just a little squeaking cub. And it's all cute and fluffy and it's, and it's nice and, and it's just a, a little lie. Just a little lie that, oh, they, they're not really any good. You know, oh, they're, they're this or they're that. Comparison's one, you know, we can use that one easily. There's many, many little cute lies that the enemy will sow in, into us where we think we know better, we are better, and therefore we have a right to say something. And so it's something we want to watch out for. Don't just listen, look. Look. 
Have a look at the fruit of people's lives. Have a look at the deeper level. Because when we have a look at the deeper level of the way someone walks, that's what we actually want to watch out for. The Bible says to judge people by their fruit, not by their lips. By the fruit. The fruit. And I'm, I'm just pressing this point for a moment because I think this, when we learn to look a deeper level at people's lives, then we can actually really discern who we should be listening to and who we shouldn't. Because I see this as one of the enemy's biggest strategies. This is the way, when people fall off the carriage of church, when people fall off and they get disenfranchised, it might be because of hurt or or disappointment or whatever. And there are genuine situations where hurt comes and leaders cause hurt and all that sort of stuff. But more often than not, it's when people get around slightly toxic people. And they begin listening to slightly toxic people that don't seem slightly toxic because they're flattering. And they might be really nice people, hospitable people. But they, they spend time and then in comes a little toxin. Just a tiny little toxin in the, at the barbecue, at the, the lunch. Everyone's invited around. A little bit of toxic stuff. And it's like, mm, okay. But you get that enough. But they're so beautiful. They're so loving. And they're so, ah, rah, rah, rah. I know this is, is not normally the track I take, but I want to warn you that it starts with a cub, it ends with a lion. And it starts with something small, but it ends in a lie. It ends in splintering. It ends in disenfranchising. And what happens then? The enemy can have a field day. Because then there's a multitude of people all carrying that toxin. And normally then, you know, blame the church, blame whoever, blame whatever. It, there's always something to blame. But powerful Christians take personal responsibility. Powerful Christians know Jesus. They know the Father. And, and if you know the Father, you can't stay toxic for too long. Do you know what I mean? He gnaws away at you by His Spirit. See, His Spirit is not just, His work is not just to bring amazing encounters and dreams and visions and, and moments of, of His presence. Hey, bring it on. But His Spirit is the ultimate convictor of sin. I know it's a harsh word, isn't it? Just tap the person on the shoulder next to you and just say, I love you. Are you still alive? Relax. Take a deep breath. You and I have an enemy and we need to know how he operates. And when we are wise in knowing the plans of the enemy, the schemes of the enemy and how he operates, when we hear someone talking in that tone, even though they might be the friendliest, most beautiful, happiest, best hospitable people you've ever met, when you hear that language coming out, your spirit's going to go, Ew, something's out of place here. I, I love them. I really like being around them, but ugh, I just don't like that little tone. It's called the gift of discernment. And one thing I've learned about the gift of discernment is you can learn it. Some people have just got it. Others, like me, who are a bit dumb and stubborn, have to learn it. Have to learn it. And so this way we can be wise with people. We can let our yes be yes and our no be no. And when someone's being manipulative or maybe they're speaking in a little bit of a negative, toxic tone, even though they're beautiful people, you can say, hey, this is just not how we behave. 
This is not how we talk. I know that's typically not what Aussies are known for around the barbecue. But let me tell you, let your yes be yes and your no be no and your pathway will be much clearer. You will not get manipulated by people. You, you, you won't be under compulsion to someone else's obligations any longer because you are free. Jesus died so that you could be free, not bound by another person, not by anyone else's obligations, not even by mine. As, as much as I'd love that, I can't even do it to people because I know I'm free. So how can I bind up other people? And so when we know the Father, when we know His grace, we can give grace. When we know His freedom, we can give freedom. When we know His forgiveness, we can give forgiveness. And we actually operate in a freedom bubble where no one can get their claws into us, where we can love people and we don't even have to say anything about them because we know that God's working on them too. And so when we operate in that freedom we can actually stay much more peaceful. Just know that the enemy will often work through other people more than he will come at you directly. Just know his strategy because I think it's a really important thing. It doesn't mean we don't love people. It doesn't mean we criticize people. It doesn't mean we're bringing other people down. It doesn't mean we never associate with anyone because you might be going through your head and going, okay, cross that one off the list, that one off the list. That one off the list. I'm not saying do that. What I'm saying is be wise. Be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. See, a dove is known for just being flighty, not hanging around for long, and just being really, really easily scared off, if you like. But wise as serpents mean there's actually a plan, there's a purpose, and there's a strategy about how we go about being kingdom believers. And knowing how the enemy operates gives us wisdom. And then we don't trip over relationally all the time. A lot of um, heaviness and tiresomeness of our walk as humans comes through disappointments with other humans. And when we realize that we're all frail, we're all going to get it wrong, we're all going to stuff up from time to time, then we have an overall reliance on the Father more than anyone else. Don't ever trust anyone else more than you do the Father. Don't ever trust anyone else more than you, you do His Word, His Spirit, His truth, Jesus Christ Himself. Because He's the one who's never going to let us down. He's the one who we can absolutely rely on. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered. Matthew 18, verse 20. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. You are better with two or three other good believers. You're far better off hanging around believers. And especially if you're either new in the faith or you're very vulnerable to influences, then all the more reason to be gathered with two or three or more believers because we are more powerful together. You are so much more powerful with that person nearby. Because when you're down, they'll be strong. When they're down, you'll be strong and vice versa. And we need each other and we need to encourage one another as we see the day approaching. I wonder why it says that. I'm thinking it says that because as we see the day approaching, that is Jesus' return, we're going to need encouragement. Do you know encouragement is actually a gift of the Spirit? Romans 12, 8. Encouragement is a gift of the Spirit. 
And I pray that we would grow all the more in this gift. As we see the day approaching, we're going to need encouragement. Yeah, we're going to need to be wise and, and recognize plans and plots of the enemy. And, and we're going to have to vocalize sometimes things that, that aren't nice to hear. But ultimately, we always want to bring encouragement. And you, as a believer, carry Holy Spirit. I believe if we are carriers of the Holy Spirit, we have a deposit of heaven. That's what the Bible says. We have a deposit of what is to come. Therefore, we have the ultimate encourager. He is the ultimate encourager. When you're feeling down, the Holy Spirit is the one who will come alongside and comfort and counsel and encourage and lift us up. Maybe you'll feel his presence and it just lifts the burden. Maybe you'll worship and you'll just begin to feel better. Maybe you'll read his word or hear preaching or gather around with other people and there's an encouragement. It's the Holy Spirit. See, there's something different. You know, when you watch a nice TED talk, ever watch a TED talk and you, you go, that was pretty cool. And, and it can be truth and it can be real and, and, you know, a lot of them are really good. But there's nothing like when someone or when you is, is teaching or reading the absolute, absolute, absolute word of God. Because it's no longer based upon how someone feels or their life's experience. It's based upon eternity. It's based upon the rock which we stand. It's not movable or shakable. It won't change when the next fad comes in. When the next tech giant starts up something else or when the next movement or generation, it's so hard to stay current these days because the moment you're current, you're not current anymore. The Bible, the word of God is not like that. It will never change. His truth will never change. And so that's why when we hear the word of God being taught and when we get the word of God into us, we have a resilience that is unshakable. And that's why we always want to keep getting that word of God in us. And we are actually better together. When we hear the word of God, when we gather together like this, coffee does help. And, and so does some nice fragrances. And I was cold this morning. So does heaters. Yeah, I wrote myself a note, turn heaters on next week. But um, we are better together. You are better with the people around you. We may not all agree on everything. There's a footy game on today. You might you might gone for a footy game last night or today or whatever else. Little differences. Difference, I like this, I don't like this, I don't like... It's okay. None of those things are going to last. None of those things really matter. But that call of God and that unity is all important. It's powerful. Don't ever let anyone steal you from the flock, so to speak. That doesn't mean everyone has to always worship at the same time in the same place everywhere. Uh, I mean, that's not what I'm talking about. But that spirit of unity that says, I want to be with fellow believers. I want to encourage other people. And when we operate in encouragement, we get an upgrade. There's something interesting about sowing and reaping. Is when we sow, we reap it as well. When we give encouragement, we get encouraged. Ecclesiastes Chapter 4.12 says this, And if anyone can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. I've proven this over the years. Um, I have towed many things 
normal. Even my tractor, I've got bogged over the years. How you bog a tractor, it's beyond me, but I seem to manage to bog anything. Even the unboggable vehicles, I can bog them. And, um, and we, we have quite a sloping hill uh, in our main paddock on our farm, and you know, it's quite slopey. And in winter, um, it's not the best idea to get your tractor bogged down the bottom or even halfway because, you know, it can slide down into the dam or, or who knows what. But, you know, again, I test the levels of everything these days. And, um, and so I've, I've towed this thing up the hill a few times and um, I've broken more ratchet straps than Bunning could ever stop. Bunnings could ever stop. And uh, I've tested the, uh, you know, how they have a safety rating on them, the ratchet straps. I tell you, I've tested those safety ratings many times. And um, so I, oftentimes, if I remember a few times, I've had it stuck down there and I've put the, you know, the one ton, the big thick ratchet strap onto the tractor, onto the ute and, uh, and tried to pull that thing up. It's absolutely useless. Um, but I've snapped many ratchet sna- uh, sna- uh, straps that you're not meant to be able to snap straps, but I can snap them. I've broken chains and um, I've done all sorts of things. And there's various debris around our farm as evidence. Why am I even telling you that? The reason I'm telling you that is because as soon as I put a couple of them on there, it doesn't matter what I do, I can't break them. Now, the ute normally ends up sliding back down with the tractor, but I cannot break that thing. So I have proven that when you have two things together, it's absolutely much more powerful. Even more than double, it actually goes on to say in, in the rest of this, it's, it's very, very powerful. It's like a team. It's like a team. And then when you get three strands together, coupling that with what we just read in Matthew 18, where two or three are gathered, I'm with them, it is all the more powerful. This is why when we meet together, when we pray together, God moves. God does stuff despite us. He does stuff despite us. It doesn't matter what we think. You know, half the time we might not even believe or have enough faith for what we're praying for. You ever found that? I've often found that sometimes uh, when I'm just, you know, even praying for some people, in the back of my head I've got all the doubts and all the skepticism and all the, it's not going to happen this time. And it's the one time it does happen because he bypasses the mind and he says, I am God, you're not God. And he proves himself to be God many, many, many times. And I'm sure he does that in your life as well. Because when we learn the power and the authority of grouping together and staying as a tribe and operating in a spirit of unity and encouraging one another and lifting one another up, God moves and he does stuff. It's not easy to do that when we're on our own because the enemy can come so easy. He doesn't have to come with lightning and and big things. All he has to come is one little whisper, one little lie. Because we we didn't hear that encouragement last week because we weren't there. We didn't have that strength and that authority of good people around us, you know, bringing in all the good life and nutrients and strength because we disappeared because we had problems with someone or we had problems with the way they did this or that and the other. We found all the problems and then the problems found us. Why? Because you reap what you sow. It's so simple, isn't it? And so we want to stay strong 
together, by being unified, by singing and worshipping and encouraging one another. And you might meet someone this week who just needs your gift of encouragement. If you've got a gift of encouragement, let me tell you, it's a great gift. It's a powerful gift. We need your gift. And it can be one word, it can be an email, a text, it can be a phone call, it could be a coffee, it could be whatever it takes. But I want to encourage you, use that gift. If you use any gift between now and the time Jesus comes, then use that gift. The gift of encouragement. Whatever it looks like, whatever it sounds like, you can always find something good. It doesn't matter whether it's someone you completely disagree with, there's going to be some area that you can focus in on and say, hey, you know, your hairstyle looks pretty good today. And it might just be the one thing they need. You never know. There is so much power in this room. If we could only see the power and the authority that lies in a group of people, there's much more than two or three, but it says even two or three can do powerful things. And there's a lot of other verses where we can put 10,000 to flight. We have authority. We have more authority than we know. We have authority. We, we are branching out. Odinga guys, I think they're watching this morning. We bless you guys. You are our second cord. And Nasser and Mary are pastors from our Persian church. You're our third cord. And so we are, we are two or three strands joined together. And together in this southern region, we want to believe for more. We want to go for more. We want to ask the Lord for more. Awesome. It's taken me 11 years, but I have worked out when everyone claps, it means finish, Pastor. <laughs> Just give someone a high five, would you? Yeah? Okay, that's some pretty poor high fives. But a COVID special, knuckles or a finger tap or whatever. Someone pulled out some gloves and put them on first. Someone with OCD over this side here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, why don't you stand and let's pray, hey? And let's lift our hands together because we are better together. And let's just ask God to upgrade us as a community. We have a community that needs Jesus. We have a region that needs Jesus. And so, Lord, we seek you this morning. We knock on the door of heaven this morning. And we are asking this morning that you would come and you would pour out your spirit in this region. That you would come and have your way. That you would let your kingdom come here in the southern region of Adelaide. That you would do great things that you would answer prayers, that you would release your presence and your power in fresh new ways. We look to you this morning, Jesus, and we say, let your kingdom come. Holy Spirit, we say more of you, more of you in our lives. I pray even this morning that you would fill us afresh, fill us afresh, Holy Spirit, with your touch, with your breath, with your strength, with your life. Anyone who's come disillusioned or hopeless this morning or heavy this morning, Holy Spirit, fill them with your fresh hope. Fill them with your fresh fire, your love and your purpose and your destiny. 
And we thank you for your goodness, Father. We bless you. We honor you in our city. We honor you in our nation. And we give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Bless you today.